Hi, and welcome to the Microbiome Matters podcast, a show brought to you by the Yakult Science Team, the team on a mission to make the science on gut health easy to digest. This podcast covers all matters of the gut microbiome, exploring that magnificent ecosystem residing in each and every one of us. And each week, we're joined by guests from clinical practice and research who will bring you their expert insights on the topic. So if you're a healthcare professional, make sure you like, subscribe, and tune in each week to learn exactly why the microbiome matters. Hello and welcome to the Microbiome Matters podcast. I'm Britt. And I'm Nathan. And today we are joined by Ro Huntress. Ro is one of the UK's leading fertility dietitians with a bachelor's degree in food studies and nutrition, a postgraduate diploma in dietetics and two master's degrees in both advanced nutrition and clinical research. She is a researcher, a published academic author in the field of fertility nutrition and a clinician. Ro is an award-winning dietitian with over 10 years of experience, having been titled Social Media Influencer 2022 by the British Dietetic Association and was awarded CN Magazine Community Nutrition Professional of the Year 2021. She has been featured on many mainstream media outlets such as the BBC, Women's Health, Men's Health, Cosmopolitan and Hello Magazine, whilst being a founding member of the Maternal and Nutrition Specialist Group of the British Dietetic Association. In this series, Series 6 of the Microbiome Matters podcast, we are talking to our expert guests about how the gut microbiome may be an important consideration at key periods in the lifespan. Today, we will be talking to Ro about nutrition and fertility and how the gut microbiome may interact with both. Once again, thanks for joining us today, Ro. We really appreciate that you can join us to discuss this fascinating topic. Yeah, thanks very much for having me. And yeah, I'm sure it will be a good session. Yeah, really excited to learn more about this area. But before we move into the questions, looking back at your career so far, was there any point where you have ever had that gut feeling or followed your gut and where has it led you? Oh, what a what a good question. Um, yeah, I think that you do. I think when it comes to certain decisions, I think your gut always knows what's right. And I think um, I think that's led me to, to to many decisions, and that's in terms of kind of like career decisions, relationship decisions. Um, so yeah, I think it's uh, I think we we kind of like have a second brain in our gut, don't we? And it's a good one to listen to. Yeah, that's yeah, that's good to hear. Definitely, we can just follow our gut sometimes, and mm. and that can be the right step. That kind of initial feeling we get takes us mm. in the right direction. So. Going into your area of expertise now and your specialism, could you explain to us why you decided to specialise in fertility nutrition and what got you interested in this topic? Yeah, absolutely. So I now, full disclosure, I'm 36. And um, in my 20s, I had quite a few friends come to me and ask me questions about fertility nutrition. They were going through a fertility journey I am a dietitian, and they said, you know, help. There is, um, you know, just mountains of nutrition information online. It's very difficult to know what you can trust and what you can't. And it's a bit of a minefield. Um, And, you know, they were so keen to do something from their nutrition, from their lifestyle. Um, And I just thought, wow okay I this this is a group of people not just my friends but thinking wider that really need kind of support in this area 
And I think fertility nutrition is a very underrepresented area. Um, and yeah, I just saw it as a as a great opportunity to kind of to to do good and to and to help people in that area. Um, so yeah, and it's been it, you know for me it's been quite a it's been a, a like a fun, rewarding, interesting journey. Um, I because the thing is with fertility nutrition is there's not kind of many courses that you can that you can do on it. The information it's not just there and you know like a guideline. So I've spent years uh, researching and researching peer-reviewed papers um, to to know, you know, as, as much as there is to know about about this topic. And, there's, you know, there's research that, that's emerging all the time. And then a few years ago, I set up my um, Instagram page on this on this area. So it's fertility.dietitian.uk and then started offering uh, services to, to patients. And it's just kind of it's just kind of taken off from there, really. But um you know, I'm I'm passionate about supporting individuals, obviously, on their fertility journeys. But I am also passionate about supporting other dietitians, other nutritionists, other healthcare professionals who want to support people um, with fertility nutrition. Because ultimately, the more people, the more healthcare professionals that are skilled up in it, the more people that we can that we can ultimately help. Um, but yeah, it's an incredibly uh, rewarding area to to work, and you know, you're literally helping to bring life into the world yeah no it's that's really great to hear I mean yeah it's so interesting to hear how all of our guests go into their fields especially you saying how uh fertility nutrition is quite underrepresented at the moment so it's great mm -hmm. to hear how you can get into the field and if our listeners are interested in that field and if they want to get into it be great so now moving on to more of the research um, area of the podcast um we know that there are many uh, factors that can influence infertility, including some that we can have control over, like our diet. Uh, so what impact does nutrition have overall on fertility? And can you give some examples of specific nutrients and how they can affect fertility? Yeah, so the really interesting thing about fertility nutrition is that nutrition can impact so many of the different parts of the fertility journey. So it can influence egg quality, sperm quality and sperm parameters. It can influence implantation. It can influence the success of IVF, for example. It can have implications in, um, in miscarriage. So there's so many, there's so many different factors to, to consider. Um, but in terms of if we're, if we're just kind of talking more generally, um, yes, absolutely. Nutrients and dietary patterns can can affect and positively affect fertility. So a really good place to start is um, with the, the Mediterranean diet. So the Mediterranean diet has been shown to improve um, pregnancy rates. Um, and that's both in terms of natural conception, but also in terms of IVF as well. Um, and it's also been shown to improve sperm parameters. So that's a really, really good foundation and a good basis for people to for people to start with. Um, so, you know, we're talking whole grains, oily fish, fruit, vegetables, nuts, seeds, um, olive oil. So it, it's a it's a good and it's a kind of like an like an easy place to, to start because then actually fertility nutrition can become quite uh, granular, really in terms of the effect of certain nutrients on certain things and certain components within the fertility journey. So 
you know, just kind of taking a few of these nutrients to give us an example, um, like folate, for example. So folate is probably best known for its prevention in neural tube defects. So it's a very important nutrient in terms of preconception nutrition. But actually, it's it's associated with other things as well, including um, healthy ovulation. It can support progesterone levels. Um, it can um, help to, to reduce risk of miscarriage as well if we have sufficient folate levels. So it goes beyond these nutrients go beyond what initially meets the eye or what initially people think. Um, another another example is omega three. So we all know it as, you know, one of the, the most important anti-inflammatory kind of nutrients within the within the diet. And these anti-inflammatory um, effects have, you know, beneficial effects on, on fertility in many aspects of it, including your egg and sperm quality, um, implantation, but also it's been um, it's been associated with an improved ovarian reserve, um, improved PCOS outcomes. Um, and more generally has just been linked to higher pregnancy rates and um, and live birth rates in, in IVF. Uh, and then I think, you know, key nutrients to consider um, or a key group to consider are antioxidants. And there's a few key antioxidants that have, um, you know, that, that play a, a really important role in the fertility journey. And this is both for men and for women. Um, but say vitamin E, vitamin C, zinc and selenium. So they're all very important in terms of their uh, antioxidant capacity. Um, but if you take each of those individually, they have their, their own action. So taking vitamin E, for example, it's been associated with thickened endometrial lining, which is important for implantation. Uh, it's been associated with a shorter time to pregnancy in, in people who are over 35. So as you see, things can get um, things can get really quite quite specific. Um, and I think it's worth noting as well that nu nutrition, uh, like nutrient deficiencies can play a role in infertility. So for example, taking vitamin B12, for example, a vitamin B12 deficiency is linked with infertility. The good thing about that is by sort of dietary changes or supplementation, then we can get rid of those deficiencies and then obviously fertility outcomes can can improve as a result. It's so um, fascinating, you know, right back from what you said at the, the beginning of that answer there, where you're talking about all the different factors during the fertility journey and then how mm -hmm. these individual nutrients might interact during preconception or sperm and egg quality. You know, it's so much more than maybe people would think automatically. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. Um, so. Are there any foods that you've mentioned the Mediterranean diet, but and are there any specific foods that maybe optimize fertility in both men and women? Yeah, and I think really when we're talking about foods, it is talking about those that, you know, that, that foundation is that is the Mediterranean diet. So, you know, having whole grains over refined where possible, choosing unsaturated fats over saturated fats generally, um, oily fish to include that is, is really important. Um, one, one component that's thought to be protective for female fertility is having plant-based protein. So more plant-based protein over animal protein. And then, you know, in terms of your fruit and vegetables, for example, we recommend to really have like a spectrum of color. 
because the different colours mean that different nutrients, different antioxidants are being provided. Um, so, yeah, just ensuring that range there. Obviously, um, nuts and seeds and also thinking about what things should our diets be lower in. And that's things like red meat, processed meat and, and added sugar. So that's kind of a, as I say, it's a good, a good dietary foundation for, for both men and for both men and women. And the good thing is, you know, the Mediterranean diet and this kind of dietary pattern is protective for both men and for women. So practically, when people are cooking at home, when they're preparing um, meals, you know, it, it's the same kind of foods that, that will be beneficial for both. Yeah, and that that's good to hear in the sense that as well, those foods and those kind of patterns in the diet, they're going to support other aspects of health too. It's not just going to be fertility then. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely right. Yeah, and that's I, I think that's one of the great things about nutrition. If we're thinking about looking at nutrition for health, you've got wider systems in the body that you can support. It's not just one isolated. It's never just one isolated area. Yeah, absolutely. So um, now considering research on the gut microbiota and its impact mm. on the reproductive system, could you describe how the gut microbiota may interact with both the male and female reproductive system and, you know, if there is any research on this area? Yes. Yeah, so I think, and this is probably similar with all aspects of microbiome research and probiotic research, is that, you know, things are still in it, things are still in their infancy. And I think especially with fertility and um, the gut microbiome, we don't know all the answers yet, but there is certainly some emerging evidence and some interesting things for us to consider and, and, and be aware of as we're, as we're supporting our patients. So what the research suggests is that the, there is likely to be um, a relationship between the gut microbiota and, and reproductive health. Um, and dysbiosis, so uh, like microbiome imbalance, if you like, it both in males and females um, can potentially be linked to infertility. So that's a really, really interesting finding. Um, and probiotic treatment in some studies have shown that uh, vaginal dysbiosis has been improved, um, which has improved fertility levels because, you know, the, the microbiome isn't just in our gut. It sits in other places as well. Um, and similarly, similarly, there's been some studies to show that probiotic treatment can improve um, sperm parameters. So I think it's very, very promising. Um, one thing that's particularly interesting is that low levels of lactobacillus have been linked with implantation failure. So um, I think even where the evidence is at, is at the moment, if, if women are struggling in terms of implantation, then a, um, a probiotic containing lactobacillus could be, um, you know, a, a valid treatment option to, to try alongside, you know, other, other dietary changes. So, so there, there are things there, uh, which is great. And there's research coming out all the time. So uh, me and my team have got a, a keen eye on it just to see um, what, what's coming up and what, what's, what's emerging. But yeah, it certainly looks promising. Yeah, I think it's good that you mentioned that gut microbiome research around fertility still needs so much more research done on it as it's still a relatively new topic. But I think that's similar to all other areas of the gut microbiome research as there's so many factors that go into the gut microbiome. 
But I think it's also good that you mentioned that even though there needs to be more research done, that there has been links shown between the gut microbiome and fertility, like you said, the link between dysbiosis and how that may influence infertility. So that's good to know. So just moving on to the next question, are there any ways that the gut or gut conditions may influence fertility and are there any nutritional considerations? Yes, this is a really good question and I'm glad that you asked it because this is something that not lots of people or not enough people know is that there is a link between celiac disease and unexplained fertility. But this is it's undiagnosed celiac disease um, that is generally the issue because it means that it's untreated. Um, But women with unexplained uh, infertility are three and a half times more likely to have celiac disease than the general population. And the reason that it's hypothesized um, is that in celiac disease, if that person is not following a gluten free diet, then they have issues with nutrient absorption. And from what we've discussed so far, we know how important uh, these nutrients are at a particular point. And taking vitamin B12 as a key example, that deficiencies can lead to infertility. If you're not absorbing the vitamin B12, then you know it's likely that you're going to be deficient. Um, the good thing is with celiac disease is once it's diagnosed, then it can be treated by just basically following a gluten free diet, then fertility levels resume to that of the normal of the normal population. So a key thing here, and I say this to my patients is if you have unexplained fertility, because that's people can go to the doctor or go somewhere. And then if, if there isn't a if they can't see a reason or a cause, it's termed unexplained fertility. So if this is you and you're you're not sure, you're not sure um, what it could be, then I do recommend having a celiac screen because this can be the answer to to some people's to some people's problems, and then it's and then it's manageable. Um, so I think that's really important to know. Um, in terms of say. IBS I don't really think that there's sufficient evidence to say that there is a that there is a strong link there um which I think you know is a good thing um in terms of inflammatory bowel disease so IBD there have been some reviews on the topic and in terms of non-surgical IBD um there wasn't found to be an association the it's it's less clear in terms of those who've had um surgery um to treat their ibd so again we just need to kind of watch the watch the evidence as it emerges but a key thing in ibd is we know again that there can be issues in terms of absorption of nutrients so thinking about nutrients such as vitamin d or such as vitamin b12 so if you do have um if you do have ibd then you know a, a good thing to do is to get your to get your bloods checked and see where these nutrient levels are. And then we just need to ensure that they are optimized and then, um, you know, struggles with fertility are much less likely. Yeah, that that's really um, interesting to hear that link and actually looking at it maybe in the reverse way, you know, it's not just people who have celiac disease and then maybe need to consider where that impacts them, but people coming to you, clients and patients mm. who maybe are coming with fertility um, issues or something affecting their fertility journey, then may actually need to go back and consider their their gut health and mm-hmm. how that could impact then um, the nutrients they can absorb. Um, 
really and the, the nutrients in our diet are the building blocks aren't they for everything so really indeed they are has a big impact so um when talking with clients what are your most common nutrition-based queries or questions you usually receive related to fertility so I think interestingly, like the majority of my audience on Instagram, for example, on my fertility page, the vast, vast majority, and I think we're talking like 96% are women. Okay. So it tends to be women who want to explore this. And I think often kind of like the pressure is put on women, whether women put it on them, themselves, society does, you know, um, God knows, but um women seem to be the ones that are kind of more proactive in in finding out okay you know what what can I do um but I think it's a it's a good point to make that when we look at infertility or fertility issues um it's actually about 50 50 in terms of um whether whether the issue may be to do with um, female fertility or for male fertility so it is really important that that um, you know, men pay attention to this, and when we look at fertility, we look at the couple, and we don't just we don't just look at the at the woman. Um, but in terms of questions, so I think I think this varies. You know, if you've got questions that pop up on Instagram, it might be you know just single questions here and there, and um, that might be you know tell me about is gluten good or bad for fertility? What about soy? Tell me about dairy, and then people want to know. Um, how can I support my egg quality? What can I do in terms of diet and supplements to support implantation more widely? What And if, if we're then looking at things more in depth, uh, say in a consultation, for example, it's looking at, you know, what, what supplements do I need? Because there's so many out there. Um, but, you know, they all have specific like jobs. So some supplements that may benefit some people might not benefit others. Um, but really, you know, say in a in a consultation kind of format, it will just be like a full review and matching up the patient's diet with their areas for consideration where they want to focus, and then it's just kind of matching matching everything up. Um, but yeah, there can be there can be all sort all sorts of questions. I think it's nice that you say, even though the majority of your audience is female was you said like 96 percent yeah i think it's good that you say that it is 50 50 um, in the terms of nutritional or fertility problems between males and females so that's really good to know and it's also nice to hear with some of the common nutritional queries you get regarding fertility and how you deal with them in your own practice so moving on we've got one question which we like to ask all of our guests and that is what is one thing you do to love your gut um so I think that fiber cannot be underestimated um and you know it's not just its impact on gut health it you know it affects your microbiome but it also affects other areas of health as well kind of like going back to what we were talking about earlier things have many different applications um so yeah I just I think fiber shouldn't be underestimated um and yeah I've recently actually I've I've started to track my fiber intake just to see you know because we hear this 30 gram recommendation but you know but but what does that actually mean so it's good to check in okay wh where am I in comparison to that 
to that recommendation. So yeah, that would probably be like the, the key thing that I'm certainly looking at at the moment and a good thing to, um, yeah, just to keep in mind. Thanks so much, Ray. You've shared some really interesting information there on fertility nutrition. Um, just before we finish this episode, do you have any advice you could share with your healthcare professional colleagues and our listeners to support their patients with nutrition surrounding fertility? So um, I think because, it, it, as I say, that the topic is it's so broad and it's actually quite complex when you start to break it down. Um, and I have like dietitians that follow me on my page and they say, you know, how, how can I skill myself up? How can I educate myself? And because I've had so many queries like this, um, I'm actually in the, in the final stages of creating a fertility nutrition course for healthcare professionals. So I'm very excited. I'm putting the, what seem like endless references, but because I'm a science geek, you know, I like endless references. Um, so yeah, I'm just putting that together at the moment, but I hope that that will be a, a really, really great resource for, um, for, for nutrition or wider healthcare professionals who want to support patients with, with fertility nutrition. So I guess watch this space. That sounds like a brilliant resource and we're excited to see more. Um, so thank you. Yeah, we've reached the end of today's episode. It's been really great to have you. Some um, really engaging points and practical kind of pieces of um, advice there to take away to for our healthcare professional listeners. Um, so thank you very much, Ro. And if you'd like to see more from Ro, you can follow her on um, Dietitian Ro on Instagram or for more on fertility, it's fertility.dietitian.uk as well on Instagram. So yeah, watch this space and we're excited to see more. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Microbiome Matters podcast. If you've enjoyed the episode, don't forget to follow and rate us and visit our website at yakult.co.uk forward slash HCP to make sure that you don't miss out on any future episodes. See you next time.